Hello and welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. As always, I'm your host, Kelby Bachman, and the song you just heard is I Won't Back Down by Tom Petty, and it is also the walkout song for the next guest on the show, Paul Fisk. So Paul was the first wrestler I really looked up to at MFL Marmack. He was intense, a hard worker, and one hell of a competitor. Paul was actually Chet's first four-time Uprival Conference champion. He qualified for state three times and placed eighth as a senior. Paul also wrestled on the same team as his brothers, Phil, Peter, and Pat, which was a pretty special moment for the entire Fisk family. Paul now lives in Cresco and helps run the family business called Fisk Farm and Home in Decorah. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Fisk. Did you always know you wanted to like go into the family business per se? You know, I think so. Um, you know, we grew up with it at a young age. Um, yeah. It's something we always wanted to do, but mom and dad were always firm believers in like, they'd always encourage us only do it if you enjoy it. And yeah. that was really anything we did, whether it was sports or work. Um, if you got to do it, you might as well enjoy it. Yeah. So, when, cause when did they open the first or buy the first fist farm? So Monona was 77. Oh, wow. So, okay. Yeah. Yep. So we grew up with it. Yeah. Um, it was a family deal. Yeah. So, and then we bought Cresco in 96 and Decor wow. in 2016. So it has been going on longer than I thought. I didn't know yeah. Cresco was 96, you said? Yep. Yeah. So it was quite a deal. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think, you know, I went to college at NICC. I went away to Piasta. Yeah. Did some different jobs at that point and i you know at that i i really want to be back in the business so mm-hmm. but it was good to get out and get the experience see how people manage how businesses work otherwise so yeah so it was good yeah so where'd you work so you went to ni you said nicc in Piazza. Yeah. yeah for a year i worked at a bank down in uh dubuque yeah and you know it was teller job and then i got offers to go into like data processing and all that but i really just wanted to be in front of the people so yeah i enjoyed what i did yeah what'd you major in business okay um yeah business administration so so it's good and then i moved back to monona i lived in monona for that would have been oh six moved back and then lived in monona worked at the stores and then i was going to finish my degree at calmer mm-hmm and so I did all my classes around work and that worked probably until halfway through the last semester. I thought I was too busy to go to class. And so I, uh, I quit going to school. Really? Yeah. And I mean, I had like, I was in my last semester, I had probably mm-hmm. two months left and I just thought I was too busy to go to school. And I'm like, so went to work, keep working. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, then it wasn't until, um, my wife and I were, was, we were engaged at the time mm-hmm. and she's like, I think you should finish your degree. You're almost done. You only got like, I think it's like 15 credits. Yeah. So she encouraged me. Well, we finished it all online. Nice. So, yeah. So it was, I mean, it, did I need it? Probably not, but it's nice to have, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Something that you can say that you finished, you know? Yeah. yeah. Was that pretty cool? To go back and finish it, you know, like you said, you didn't have to. 
No. Yeah, I did it all online. I wouldn't have probably been able to do it. With, I wouldn't have done it without her. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's important to be able to, when the kids ask what what they're, you know, if if they should do it, it's like, well, from my experience, here's what I had, you know, so mm-hmm. just another step. So yeah. it was, it was, it was good. It was, I probably enjoyed the online part being yeah. able to do it on my own versus going and sitting in class. Yeah. So interesting. It, yeah. Um, Cause some people are different. Like I, I'm more accountable if I have to go to class for sure. Yeah. 100%. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> so I may have gotten more out of it in class. I would say that. Yeah. True. But I then again, all the classes I was taking, I was halfway through all of them at that point when I quit going to school. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah with the so it's like the week after i quit going to school one of my teachers called me at the store it was like right when we were probably getting ready to close mm-hmm. and i was supposed to be in, in class at that time and he's like i just called to see if you were coming back if you're coming back i'd be glad to get you caught up i said no i'm gonna focus on working and he's like mm-hmm. well i wouldn't say this very often but i think you're making the right decision wow <laughs> okay he's like there's not a lot of family businesses out there that people can excel with and you guys are doing a good job. So keep it up. So, okay. (laughs) So cool. You know, at least they were honest, you know, I mean, yeah. Did you ever like, before you went back, did you, were you like itching to get your degree or did you feel like you were missing something? Not really. Yeah. Not really. Um, not really. Probably not. Yeah. So it was just a box to check, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) What about your brothers? Did did like did Phil or Peter? Yeah, so that was probably two. So um And you have a sister Janelle, too, right? Yep. Janelle and Phil both went to Nyack. Yeah. And they graduated. Peter went to Nyack for a year and then went to Kelmer for mm-hmm. kind of the same as I did. I think he started there and then didn't finish it. Yeah. But I think it's when you're closer to home, you're easier to just go to work. Mm-hmm. And you're already doing what you were planning to do. Yeah. Um, so but it was good. I think, I mean, I learned a lot. So just different lessons, different perspectives of people. Mm-hmm. Um, if nothing else, just different groups to work with how to manage that time. So, yeah. So it was good. Yeah. So now the real reason you're on here, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're, you're a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, we put some time in. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I mean, uh, Chet recently, maybe not too recently, but um, do you remember being on the news when the, the four of you, you, Phil, Peter, and Pat were oh yeah, all on the same team together? Yeah, it was quite a deal. Yeah, you know, and that was uh, that was special. Yeah. Um, it was something that I had always dreamed of. Um, being the youngest, I knew it was probably on my end of it was going to be a challenge to have us all make the lineup right. at the same time, you know, cause you're coming in as a freshman to step into the lineup. Um, I think I, I was 135 pounds that year. So um, that was probably the biggest thing, but it was, it was enjoyable. I think mom and dad had a challenge. So they'd sit on the bleachers and they'd watch, they could watch 12 to 16 matches of just, just us boys <laughs> in a day. Yeah. True. So, but it was fun. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, when did you guys start wrestling? So, you know, it's interesting. Um, my first memories of wrestling, Al Reichs picked me up from uh, from the house one day and took me up to practice. 
And it would have been a time when Phil and Peter and Patrick were already there because they were in school. Mm -hmm. And so then we went into practice and Dale Eckert was running practice at that time. Yeah. I would have been, man, preschool. So I was young and I was just there to roll around. I mean, it was just an experience, but that was my first memories of it. And so they were going to practice and, you know, to start with, I wanted to do it because they, they were doing it. Um, but then I, I, I loved it. Um, I probably enjoyed the practices. I loved going to practice with the older kids at that time, you know, cause we'd practice pre-K all the way through sixth to seventh grade in one group. Mm -hmm. Um, I enjoyed that. So yeah, that was probably the biggest thing. I wonder why. Do you know, did you ever ask Al, you know, course, so he, like, why did he, you know, you're appearing pre-K and he's taking, he's coming to pick you up. Yeah. Of course that would have been, that would have been probably, I'm going to say like 92 or 93. Mm -hmm. um, and so Al at that time worked in at the Fest Farmer home in Monona. And so there was, I mean, Al was like family to us. And so like, he he saw it. He worked out with uh, uh, my cousin Mike Jahanemeyer from Walk On and Chet and those guys. They they all worked out together, mm -hmm. and so it was interesting. There was a lot going on at that time. Mm -hmm. Just a group of people coming together. And, um, you know, from there, you know, it was Dale would have practice every Tuesday and Thursday, mm -hmm. and like I probably didn't think anything of it then, but like now knowing what I know now the time it took for him and the commitment for those coaches to put all that time in was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they had other things they could be doing, but they wanted to see the program grow. And it was, uh, it was pretty special. You know, we had a group of kids. I didn't, there wasn't a ton of kids in my grade level that wrestled when I was coming up through there. Um, but like you had, you know, there's probably 20 kids that wrestled in that group. And, you know, like from Phil's age, Phil would have been four years older than I was. So from his level on down, it was just uh, a group you hung out and wrestled. Mm -hmm. Do you know why Phil started wrestling? Like, you know, I don't. Um, I would assume a lot of it had to do with, like, my cousin Mike was wrestling at that time. So he was seeing success. He got third at state his senior year. And so like, that was a big deal for our family at that time. And so like, we enjoyed that. And, you know, our family rallies behind each other. So like, we'd go watch him wrestle and it was exciting. It was intense. And so like, we'd come home from them and we'd wrestle in the basement and <laughs> you'd have the, the carpet all laid out and you, you're ready to go and you're calling each other from the lineup and you're going out shaking. I mean, it was just like a, a live duel. There's four of us. So everybody had somebody to wrestle. Mm -hmm. So, but I mean, it was fun and that's probably what kind of what sparked the interest on it. Mm -hmm. um, so I was fortunate enough to go to practice at a young age when I probably maybe wasn't supposed to be there, but um, I was lucky to be there with, with my brothers and I always had somebody to wrestle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Fisk family was like, when you look back to right when Chet was taking over and like a little bit before that, like it was like the Fisk family was like, a cheering section in you know in itself like yeah you, 
I mean, really, the Fisk family, they brought you, you, like you said, you rallied around each other. You brought a ton of fans, ton of family members. I mean, did you ever look at it that way that you guys were almost the heart of the of the core or the core of the fan base for a little while while things got going? It was, uh, you know, that was special. It was fun. I mean, yeah, we had a lot of fans there. And the cool part was it it got to where they weren't just coming for us. Mm-hmm. They were coming because the team was exciting. And, you know, Bachman, when he came in and started turning that program around, like it was, it was really cool to see, like they would get behind, like they could name everybody on the roster. And so it was fun to see that part. Um, of course we were always excited to see them and it was, uh, it was special when you had people show up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool when you look up there and you'd see that whole section of blue and, you know, there's a lot of more blue than never had blue before. <laughs> yeah. When did you start really getting into it then, you know, and start taking it pretty seriously? Cause you were, I talked to my brother and he remembers specifically like you and Spencer Barons were like, yeah the yep. the two studs if you will coming up through AAU like people looked up to you you know yeah we like, had uh, it was it was probably I don't know I would say we didn't do a lot of tournaments you know first second grade um we did a handful like the bullpup and those and you know it's always fun when you have success right and you know we were fortunate to find success in some of those tournaments um I would say they get into that third and fourth grade is probably where we really started to take it a little more seriously. Um, you know, you'd go to practice and, you know, at that time we'd go to practice and Bill, he'd come down and roll the mat out in the, uh, in the lobby there in the high school. And we'd have practice in the lobby of the high school. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. And it was, you know, if you had too many kids, you'd roll out another mat. <laughs> so, you know, that was, uh, and we had Greg Rodas, would have been there yeah and so like we were lucky i mean in a way there wasn't a ton of kids so like if you were wrestling the kid two years older than you you just had to figure out a way to step up and get a takedown mm-hmm. um so i think that was cool um and it taught us a lot you know like that's not the most glorious way to have a practice but it taught us a lot of work ethic from when you're done you're gonna roll that mat up and clean up your space and then you're going to haul it up the steps and put it away. Mm-hmm. You know, of course there wasn't like you had high school kids doing it for you. You know, mm-hmm. it was, it was luck. We were very fortunate in that sense. Um, but yeah, Spencer and I, we wrestled a lot together. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun, but then we'd go to tournaments. I don't think, you know, I didn't get into the districts probably. I might've went when I was in, fourth grade because my brothers were going mm-hmm. um i think it would have been sixth grade probably before i qualified for state um that year and finished third that year in sixth grade and then you know but like the program was changing too so that would have been the year bachman came back you know and dale kind of carried that youth program coaching on a side rod craigle would come in and coach with him i mean it was it was a special group and we had a group of kids from postville would come over and wrestle at that time really yeah and so you know like 
we probably weren't even thinking about the club stuff that, that was going on at that time. You know, it's like we we're just doing our thing and everybody's working hard to get better. And, you know, but there was exciting things going on at the high school at that time as well. You know, Jeremy Newhouse, our first state champ in 96. So, like, that would have all been about that same time period. So there was a lot of things to be excited about. Then when, I think it was when I was in sixth grade, it was probably the first time I met Chet. You know, I met him at the state tournament. And we were wrestling. And I remember him coming up. He was watching the matches that I was about to wrestle. So he'd watch the match for whoever I had to wrestle next. And he'd come, he'd tell me what I needed to do. And I didn't, I knew Chet Bachman's name from seeing it on the wall, but I didn't know, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know why he was there. And he was there, he's there to help me. I didn't realize he was, at that time, I didn't realize he'd come back to Manoa at that point. Mm-hmm. But he was there to help. I mean, it was cool. Um, and so like, then in seventh grade, I was in middle school. That would have been Doug Martin's first year as a middle school coach, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, I think we had Vic. We had Miss uh, Ron Vic the first year in seventh grade. <laughs> really? I bet that was yep. Uh, yep. interesting. So my seventh grade year, I was the only seventh grade wrestler. No kidding. Yeah. And, you know, it was tough. We had eight eighth graders. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we had a good group of kids, but um, we didn't have any seventh graders, just me. So then that summer, we went to camps. And Bachman came down to the middle school cafeteria for lunch one day. And we passed out t-shirts to anybody that would come out for wrestling. Really? Yep. And I think, I don't know for sure. I would guess we probably had seven, six, seven kids that came out. And we graduated with all of them. All of them wrestled all the way through 12th grade at that point. And Doug Martin came on as the coach. I mean, and it was, it was fun. Um, and it was more fun having the key, like a group there, you know, it wasn't, you know, I was sure. there by myself. I mean, it was, it was different. Um, so it, it was, it was cool. Yeah. So who would that have been? Would that have been Travis Eggers? Yep. So Travis Eggers, Tyler Thompson, yes. um, Jeff Thompson. Boddicker, Aaron yeah. Hines. Chad Holf, I think, was might have been one of them. Um, it was uh, it was cool to see, like when you look back on it, like none of them wrestled, and like some of them wrestled younger. Travis wrestled a few times when he's younger and that type of stuff. I remember from practice, but um, it wasn't until eighth grade that it really stuck with everybody. And I think Bachman was a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So, and who could say no to a free T-shirt? Also, <laughs> isn't that true? <laughs> And, you know, that's a good group. Like when I think back to, you know, some of the early times of, of like, you know, MFL Marmack wrestling, like those are sort of the glue guys. I remember, you know, like you just yeah. remember those guys where you're, they worked hard. They were good. They were good guys too. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, so it was just like, did you guys realize at the time that, and I know there was a couple classes ahead of you that also set the tone, but I mean, looking back, like you guys were sort of the, the engine that kind of started it all. It's yeah. It's interesting. Like when you look back on it, um, I remember, I remember in 
was probably probably our freshman year mm-hmm. you know like it's probably the first year i really remember there being a bunch of wrestle-offs you know and like we had a full lineup and you had to, you had to wrestle to earn your spot and like that was interesting um you know and challenging yeah. um among whether it was i mean you're wrestling your friends and somebody's got to get spot mm-hmm. and so like that was interesting um I don't know if we probably realized how special it was or like what we were building. Um, you know, we worked hard. Um, and it probably wasn't until like 2003, I think is when it really clicked. Um, you know, like Bachman put that note out for us to go for the conference title. And that was been, um, Peter and Patrick would have been seniors that year. So like, I would have been a sophomore, mm-hmm. um, but we had, it was a fun team. You had um, Peter and Patrick, Brent Blitz, um, Craig Rodas, Brian Sanger, Wade Craigle. And so yeah. like you had a good group of upperclassmen, like that 2003 class was pretty special in the sense of what they were doing, but they were on the tail end. Like they were just on the beginning of it, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, we all knew how to go wrestle at a tournament. But it wasn't until that year, I don't think, that we really put it together of just because you got beat on the front side, what you needed to do on the back side was so important. And that those were the guys that were winning these tournaments for us. You know, mm-hmm. we could go out there and you could have three champs, but if everybody else got beat out, it didn't matter. But where these guys came back and they got the fifth place, conference third place, every point mattered. So that was, that was probably the year it turned for us Mm -hmm. Um, and that we learned how to wrestle as a team. So, and it's like, like our freshman year, you know, you had Nathan Barron's was rated number one and to to show up for practice. I remember different times you'd look in, look around the room and you're like, you know, you, you take it for granted. You don't realize you're wrestling with the number one rated kid in the state. And like that sets the tone and like, what you had to do to keep moving to be better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Shoot. I forgot he was ranked number one for a while. Yeah. Right. Two years in a row. Yeah. Yeah. I think junior and senior year, maybe. So, you know, that was, and I think you learn from some of that stuff. You, you learn from their heartbreaks. Right. Cause you see how hard they work. You know, everybody's there putting their time in and working hard. And so, so that was, that was cool to see. And then, you, I mean, you know, you're going to wrestle with good partners. So. Yeah, Cause he would have been right around your weight. If I remember yeah, right. Been, yeah. I think his senior year, he was 160. Oh, okay. And you were I 135. Think, okay. Yeah. 135. Okay. So, yeah. So it was, uh, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Well, Tim, Tim Reichs would have been, I think 140 that year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, we had some cool teams. Yeah. Um, and your freshman year, you you won conference. Like, yeah. were, you, were you setting goals going into your freshman year? Were you, you know, um, was the Fisk family even like, were you guys a goal-setting family? Or oh, what absolutely. expectations did you have really going in? You know, yeah, we all had goals. I think uh, I certainly had a goal. I wanted to be, in my mind, I wanted to be four-time state champ. 
And Bachman always said, you shoot for the moon. If you miss, at least you can be one of the stars. And that always stuck. And, you know, I, my freshman year, um, it was a, it was interesting. You know, I wrestled a lot of kids that, um, you know, the Starmont tournament was probably a big, big tournament for me my freshman year. Mm-hmm. I wrestled Dustin Port. Um, and he was a, I believe he was a returning place winner. And I beat him that year in overtime. And it was uh, probably the biggest win that year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, I had a goal. I wanted to be a four-time conference champ. And I wanted to be a four-time state champ. But, you know, I knew the, the state champ was going to be tough. Um, and when you come into that, like, there weren't that many four-time conference champs from our school at that time, I don't believe. Wow. So, like, that was, to me, that to me, that was my goal, and I thought it was achievable. Um, and I, so you, you always had to wrestle for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was probably my, yeah, it was my freshman year. We were in Postville that day, and uh, I, uh, I pinned the kid. I think it was right at the end of the first period. Um, but, yeah, that was probably when it was reality. Um, and, you know, it's tough because, like, at that time, so I think, I don't remember what place Peter and Patrick got. I know Phil and I were both in the finals that year. So like that freshman year, we'd wrestle. And no matter what the other one did, you had to wrestle again, whether they won or lost, it was just compartmentalizing it. But it was, I don't want to say it affected you, but it, in the back of your mind, you're still thinking, well, you hurt for them because you see how hard they were. Um, so that was probably a lot of it. Um, but it was cool. And then, uh, yeah, and then I think I went to districts. I got qualified for districts my freshman year um, and got fourth there, I think. But mm-hmm. so. Yeah, people forget, you know, like back in the day, and even still to this day, the conference is tough, but back then it was loaded. I mean, yeah. Postville was tough. Uh, North Fat was tough. Yeah. Uh, I mean, North Fat was really tough. Turkey Valley was. Yes. Absolutely. Valley had some good kids too. Like the, it was when you say like there weren't very many four-time conference champions for a reason, you know? So, yeah. and you Absolutely. weren't coming in at a lightweight, you were at 135, which is starting to get, you know, to the, the big boy weights, you know, where yeah. there's muscle on these guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I probably wasn't as strong. I mean, I, uh, I was fortunate to like, I loved wrestling practice. I would, I loved it. And that's probably what kept me in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love practice, whatever I could learn technique wise to make me better. Um, so that was probably what I lived on my freshman year was my technique. And I didn't, I didn't feel anybody could beat me on condition. And that probably went all the way through. Like I always felt that, um, if I did what I needed to do and worked hard enough at it, um, nobody should be on my conditioning. And so that was, that was always important. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah. We forget about how, what the conferences were and what they are today. I mean, it, it makes, it's different. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So um, what was I going to say? So did you cut a lot of weight that year or how'd you slot into 135? 
Um, I don't think, you know, I, I probably maybe 10, 12 pounds. Okay. Um, but like, and that was, uh, yeah, probably 10, 12 pounds. Mm-hmm. I think my eighth grade year, I might've wrestled 135 my eighth grade year wow. as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, I think it was probably what, 10 or 12 pounds. Probably mm-hmm. not until my sophomore year, my sophomore year, I caught too much weight. Really? Uh, yeah. I think it was, uh, I remember, I mean, it's probably 20 pounds and mm-hmm. it was, uh, I think just cause I wanted to be at 140 my sophomore year. I just wanted to be there. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Peter was at, uh, 145 that year. So it was, I was at 140, Peter's 145, but it was, uh, I remember one night I came into practice and we always had the weigh-in sheets at practice. Yeah. You write down your weight before practice. And yep. I know Peter and I were both, we were both heavy that night. I, I was probably, it was the night before a meet. And uh, I don't remember, I think it was, yeah, so my grandma had passed away. And so we had her wake funeral and I came back to practice on Monday and I was, I want to say I was 20, 28 pounds over. And we had to meet the, the next day. No. On Tuesday? On Tuesday. And so I didn't, I wasn't worried. I knew I could make the weight. You were worried? No, not at all. And I didn't write my weight down. I came into practice and I started running. And we did our, went through practice. And I probably lost 12 pounds in practice easy. And I could do that pretty easily. I mean, it didn't take much for that. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, man, we, I worked out again two more times that night. And I think the next morning when I went to school, I was within, I'd work out the next morning. When I went to school, I was probably maybe four pounds over, five pounds over. Okay. Still, I, still, though, like that's the day so of the- I was off. Yeah, it was, uh, I worked out then at lunchtime that day and got down within a pound and then I got the rest of it off the rest of the day. <laughs> but it wasn't until later that year, maybe it was after the season, Bachman said, hey, I got one question for you. So what, how much weight were you over that day? I told him, I said, why? He says, because I knew when you walked into practice, you were fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you were right. So... But yeah, I mean, it wasn't smart, but mm-hmm. what we did. But I, I never, I mean, cutting weight wasn't, and we were, for the most part, other than that time, we were pretty smart about it. Mm-hmm. You tapered off, and they're probably smarter at it today. But I, I felt like towards the end of the year, you'd start focusing so much on cutting the weight yeah. that it would take away from what you really needed to focus on in the match. And that was what I would run into. Um, my sophomore year, I qualified for state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was, I felt like I was always focused on when I had to weigh in next. And I told myself, I don't want to be in this position again. I want to be ready to wrestle. So um, that's probably why I moved up to 52 the next year, was just because I felt like even at the state tournament, I was worried about when my next weigh in was. Because if you don't make weight, 
you're not wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, but well, and you were in a conundrum because yeah, you said Peter was at 45. So I mean, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's tough. You know, are you exactly. gonna wrestle him off? Like, yeah, <laughs> or, or are you gonna go up to 52 at that point anyway? Like, yeah. So so it was good. Yeah. How was it to qualify for state that year? Like, were you? Did you feel ready and prepared? Like, all right, yeah, this is my year. I'm gonna. Oh yeah, I did. I felt. Um, I felt I probably. Uh, I was ready. I, I planned. I mean, I, that's my goals were there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think uh, it was bittersweet. You know, I think was that my my sophomore year. Um, trying to remember. So yes, yeah, so my sophomore year. No, it was my freshman year. My freshman year was the year that uh, Fornis beat Scott Truca at the 135 pump Truca was rated third in the state from Cresco. And in my mind all year, I knew if I was going to get to Des Moines my freshman year, I had to beat Scott Truca. Mm-hmm. And we never ended up wrestling. And I went to districts. I got second at sectional my freshman year and wrestled the uh, um, kid from Osage first round. And I got beat and never made it. So then, I mean, that feeling sticks with you. Mm-hmm. The feeling of getting fourth at districts and feeling like you should have been able to do something different. Um, so, like, yeah, I didn't want to be in that position again. <clears throat> so, you know, we worked hard. Through summer, went to camps. We went to Jay Robinson this summer. Oh, really? In sophomore year. You did? Did you, yeah. like, you you and your brothers go, or? So, yes, Peter and Patrick and myself went. So that would have been going into their senior year, my sophomore year. And that was probably the game changer for me. Really? It changed my level of conditioning, compete. Um, it was disappointing. I broke my leg at that camp that oh, summer. No kidding? Yeah, I had a stress fracture. Oh. Um, probably the three days, two days to the end of camp. Mm-hmm. And I had been dealing with it. You know, I went from one day being wrestler of the day to the next day, not being able to walk across the mat. And, uh, wrestler of the, the mat- day there? Yeah. Wow. And so I remember Mel Dow. Do you remember Mel Dow from Britishine? Yeah. Yeah. He was coach there. So he was one of the counselors at camp. Mm-hmm. And he saw this and he's like, Hey, we need to have you see the trainer. I said, no, I'm fine. He's like, no, you're going to see the trainer. So then he put me in touch with the trainer and I wanted to finish camp, but like they said, he was, you don't want to, you don't want to damage your worse. So I sat out the rest of camp. So I couldn't, I couldn't run. I couldn't wrestle till maybe October, November. And so like, you know, it was maybe the, yeah, it was probably the end of October before I could actually run on my leg. He came home, put a cast on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was probably, it was disappointing because you go to camp and you want to keep feeding off of that camp, but it didn't happen. So, you know, when I went to state my freshman year, I was ready. I knew I had to win two matches to get on the stand at that time. But those two matches are hard to win. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and I can't remember. I think I won my, you probably know better than I do. Did I win my first one? I feel like you did. Because what I year know. would that have been? 2003. 
I think I won my first one. 2003? Are you talking this yep. week? You see yep. It? That one right there. Look at you. Let's check it out. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You beat Alex. Uh, Honey, Honey yeah. Yeah. And then you have Levi Heinold from Clorinda. Yep. And bounced to the back side and then had Nick Schropp from Williamsburg. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I got beat by Levi and then uh, beat by Schroep. Yeah. So, but yeah, that was disappointing. I mean, that's when you realize you're close, but you're not there. You know? Mm-hmm. Did you play football too? I played football my freshman year. Mm-hmm. But then I, my leg was broke yet. So yeah. I couldn't play my sophomore year. So, and then I never went out after that. Really? Did, did it heal up okay? Did you ever have any? Oh, yeah. Okay. New. No, it was good. Yeah. Dang. So yeah, you make it. And like you're saying, I mean, like you've said before, when you watch, you know, teammates and your brothers even compete and not make it not reach their goals. Like it's, it had to be tough. Like, did they even make it out of sectionals their sophomore or their, their senior year? Their senior year, they got, they both got third at districts their senior year Dang. and no wrestle back. So, I mean, it was, so it was bittersweet, you know, I'm moving on and I got two more years to do it. Right. Um, you know, so like as much as I felt good for myself, it hurt for them. But, you know, you show up for practice on Monday before the state tournament, Sunday night before the state tournament, and they're right there with me putting their shoes on. You know, I didn't have to question if I was going to have a practice partner. Mm-hmm. You know, that year we would have had uh, Travis Eggers at 140 and Brent Blitz would have qualified that year as well. So, you know, it was uh, it was cool, special to have more than one state qualifier before that. True. You know, we were one state qualifier at a time for a while there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, we all would have liked to finish better than we did. Um, but time came. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and again, you know, them districts and those sectionals were tough. Yeah. I mean, that's why partially it was so tough to get even multiple guys through is because they were just loaded. Yeah, you'd have Osage, New Hampton, Crestwood. I mean, mm-hmm. Waterloo, Columbus at that time. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Independence. Denver. Yeah. Uh, so, it- yeah, Independence was in there. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it wasn't necessarily easy once. So, <laughs> and it, that was a cool thing. Once you got through, and that's probably when you got – through that you felt like you should be on the top Mm -hmm. because you just went through a meat grinder to get there yeah so also at this time you're halfway to four conference titles yep yeah yeah Uh, yeah Yeah, it would have been uh i don't remember who i wrestled my sophomore year I'm terrible i don't remember all my matches (laughs) (laughs) Um, i remember a lot of them yeah, I don't remember all of them. Yeah, but, but did yeah, you start it was to feel the, some pressure at that point. Like, did you ever feel pressure throughout your career? You know, my freshman sophomore year, I would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I was beating kids I was expected to beat, and I was beating kids at times that I shouldn't beat. Um, on paper, um, but 
those were fun years and you were, I mean, you were running off the team atmosphere and we just kind of started building that mm-hmm. my junior year. I wouldn't say I felt any pressure at that point. I mean, um, I think it was probably, yeah, it's probably my, my sophomore year. We won that title. So that was probably, I probably didn't feel the pressure because that one was the first conference title we won as a team. Mm-hmm. How cool was that? That was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's, I imagine people here and like, it's just a conference title, but for us, it was the first step. It was, I mean, it was like, it was the, the first big step we were able to take as a team and kind of start making some advancements with that. Um, and then, you know, like, I think it was that year would have been, uh, Bachman had cut up a t-shirt that night before practice. And I don't remember what the specifics were on it, but everybody had to have a piece of this t-shirt to go to the tournament the next day because we were going to come home with the trophy instead of that t-shirt. I mean, that was, I mean, it was, he really, he really wanted it. And it was cool for us to be able to kind of earn that for him. Um, you know, we walked by and I think prior to that, it was like maybe the seventies when they won a conference title in wrestling at MFL. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, that was pretty special. So. Yeah. So like you, you win the conference title as a team. Now you're, st- now expectations are starting to come with that a little bit. You qualified for state. So like, you know, your junior year, that's when, like you're saying, things are ratcheted up a little bit more even. Yep. You qualified three guys for state. Yep. I mean, yeah. Yeah. The pressure keeps coming. Um, and you start, you know, I think my junior year, uh, that might've been the first year I didn't win. Like the second turn of the year was Southwind tournament and I didn't win it. I'd won it the first two years. Um, and I was like, man, it wasn't a good feeling. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, uh, I remember wrestling. It was Greg Merrick. I think it was in the finals. <laughs> yeah. And, Valley. Yep. Absolutely. You know, and I, I saw that. I'm like, well, I'm gonna have to beat him to get through uh to get my third conference title. Yeah. You know, so like um it was uh it was interesting. I ended up wrestling uh, I think Kyle Gady from South Wind in my finals match that year in the junior year. Um at conference. And, oh, so you wrestled uh, Greg Merrick. Not in the finals. So, so yeah, it was interesting. Did you feel, cause you jumped from 40 to 52 that year. Did you feel, was, did you feel a major difference at all? I think, you know, the first half of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, our schedule was good. We had some tough tournaments that first half of the year. Um, we'd go to the Valley tournament and you'd run into central city, Nashville, Plainfield, Turkey yeah. Valley or South wind. And the next week you run into Turkey Valley, Decorah, um, Denver. So like we had some good tournaments and you finished it off the Starmont tournament just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so like that was really good for us. And we'd have some big matches coming back from Christmas break. And then, you know, we got into some dual team tournaments after that. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, you know, we'd go to Wisconsin, we wrestle in these dual team tournaments mm-hmm. and you're wrestling kids that, you're never going to see them again. So you just let it, let it hang out. And 
you you learn to trust what you already knew. And I think that was what was good for us on our schedule. And it just kind of built the confidence level back to whatever happened before Christmas is over. I'll start fresh and we're ready to go. So I think that was big. Um, knowing that you had to wrestle all these kids again. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think uh, my junior year, I mean, it was in the back of my mind as far as the, the conference titles, but you know, it was a, the main goal was the state level, but, and if I did everything right on the conference side, it would take care of itself. And at that time, some of these kids, you were going to see North fad at sectionals. So you knew you were wrestling for a seed there, mm -hmm. no matter, you know, you wanted to get the best seed you could. So that was probably part of it too. Um, so, but yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say the pressure really happened. Probably not till my senior year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause you break through again as a junior, you know, and, and at that time it probably just felt like business as usual. Like the, the, I'm expected to be here now, just like, yeah. you know, in the past, you probably expected to be there and freshman year, you didn't make it, but your sophomore year. So now it's like, all right, now it's podium time. Yep. And then you come right out of the shoot and you lose that first match. Like, were you, how, how did that affect you? If at all, um, or like you said, it's hard to win two matches. Yeah. It was, uh, it was tough. Cause you know, you, you've got everything you've worked for your entire life and all your, all the fans are there. I mean, the place I mean, at that time, it used to be you'd have Osage and they were still filling the sections with green, but MFL had sections of blue there. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's like, and here you go, you go out and you lose the first round. You just made more work for yourself. I mean, it sounds simple on paper, win four matches and you're there, <laughs> but you know, it's, um, I don't remember who I wrestled first row. Nicholas Colgraf from Okaboji. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, I lost that and regroup. I knew I had to win or I was done. Um, yeah. I don't remember. I don't, do you know the score? I do not. No, I don't either. Um, Mid but, summer, you know, ended up getting six, but you know, yeah. So I think that was it. And then honestly, I think even that bracket that year would have been, uh, I don't know. So this year it was Sam Hansen from yeah. Waterloo won it, and he beat Dallas Cooper from Osage. Yep, Sam Hansen beat me at, at districts. Mm -hmm. so I got second in districts. I'm pretty sure this was the year like Waterloo had that team yeah. that won it. That just was. Yep, Fornis would have been at like one forty that year probably. Yeah. Yep. One forty. Yeah, because he would have wrestled Eggers. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and Eggers beat him. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. I remember that because that was just because when you said that you wrestled Fornis, I was like, man. Like, yeah. He was, he was tough. He was tough. He was <laughs> tough on top. He'd get on top, he'd tie up your arms, you were done. Yeah. <laughs> I was at least. <laughs> um, is that when you kind of stepped into being a leader on the team? Was your junior year? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. You know, and, and we did a lot of camps. I went to camp my going into my junior year. I went to the Iowa City camp for 14 days. Really? And that was uh, that was that was cool. Um, 
you know, you, it's the first time for me, it was a change. It was the first time I went to camp alone. Yeah. And my brothers and I always went to camps together. So for me, that was an adjustment. And it was good for me to figure out what I needed to do, my new routines, that type of thing. And that was, uh, that was an intensive camp. It kind of tied the intensity with technique. Um, and like anything we thought we were able to do before, you could go that much further. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one of the falsest boys from Decor was my camp counselor. And I think he wrestled at 197 that year. Was that Ryan? Yes. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. You know, like I'm 150 pounds at that time, 160. Mm-hmm. And he's like 200 pounds. And he would just run for days. And you couldn't keep up with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the training sessions were crazy in that you just run nonstop. So, but that kind of taught me like, you know, however hard you thought you could work, you can still work harder. Um, and there's people out there working harder. And, mm-hmm. um, so that was, that was probably where I started to learn that, and, you know, just being around my brothers and, you know, when you go to practice, somebody's got to step up and do it. Um, so I, I enjoyed that part. I, I really did. Um, once, you know, for me, once I got in the room, put my shoes on, let's start, start working out. There's no sense wait until three 30 to get started. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the time you wait, it's time you lost. So that was probably something I always looked up at, but I had a lot of good role models coming up through there. Um, and looked up to a lot of those guys that were on the teams prior to that. So whether they did that or not, I always thought they did. So I thought that was the expectation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Did you ever realize at the time then that you stepped into that role of people looking up to you like no. myself, you know, like no, I... I saw you running down the stairs because, you know, Chet would have, that was back in the old days where it was up in that old cafeteria or whatever the heck it was. Yep. You guys would come running down the steps and it was like, get the heck out of the way. You know, here they come, you know, because <laughs> um, the drinking fountains were downstairs and you were always so intense and such like, kind of like I was scared, you know, I was young and I was like, <laughs> get out of his way. But, you know, like that was, you set the tone for us littler kids, you know? So as you're saying that you looked up to them, it was like, you know, it's interesting. Like when I was probably, in grade school, I looked mm-hmm. up to Brett Eckert, Jeremy Newhouse. I looked up to those guys. Um, and I remember, you know, like Dale, I was, I was very fortunate. Dale would take me up to practice after we get done practicing. When I was in like sixth, seventh grade, he'd take me up to practice with the high school and mm-hmm. we sit in the room. And then next thing you know, he's, Hey, why don't you jump in in this group of four? So next thing you know, I'm sixth grade and I'm wrestling with these guys that are sophomores, juniors. So like for me, I saw that intensity level at that point and I saw what they were doing. And to, I didn't, I didn't compartmentalize the difference between high school and middle school at that point. It's just part of it. It's what you do. Mm-hmm. And so I saw a lot of those guys in there at that time. And I looked up to those guys and I knew probably how hard they were working. And whether they achieved their goals or dreams or not, I knew what I wanted. And I figured I had to work that much harder to get to get what I wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I probably didn't realize it. I mean, um, as far as the leadership side, I probably uh, 
you know, Craig Rodas would have been the only senior that year. So then my, my, my junior year. So yeah, it would have been Craig and I, um, at that time, probably, I probably didn't realize it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then going on so to your senior year, I feel like that had to be pretty special. I mean, you accomplished a lot, maybe yeah. not the ultimate goal, but what you did accomplish was pretty special. You know, you were Chet's first four-time conference champ. I don't know yeah. how many of that, I couldn't tell you, but there have not been very many. Yeah. Interesting story. So like my going into my senior year, you know, we were wrestling freestyle and I did not care for freestyle. I wasn't good at it um, at all. I'd wrestle it just to wrestle, but mm-hmm. I wasn't good at it. And we would, uh, I think it was the MFL tournament, the MFL freestyle tournament. Mm-hmm. I tore my shoulder out that, that spring of my junior year. So okay. going into my senior year, mm-hmm. so I had surgery on my shoulder in June going into my senior year. And when they told me, when I went in for surgery, they told me you're out six months. Wow. So at that point, yeah, that would have been, I wouldn't have been able to wrestle until January. And so I, uh, I, the whole time I would go to therapy, I'd work out and, you know, I was still riding bike as much as I could after I was able cleared to ride and all that stuff. But like, just to try to keep my conditioning up, um, you know, I knew where I was at. My goal at that time was to be the career win leader for MFL. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I didn't wrestle the first half of the year, it was going to be close. I, I, I wouldn't have gotten it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was, I had a, was Nathan Barron's at the time, the career win leader. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yep. So I think he had 144 at that time. And so I knew I had to, I had my work cut out for me. Mm-hmm. So they cleared me the first, the week before the season started. Wow. They cleared, cleared me to wrestle. You're good to wrestle. I'm like, I didn't believe them. You know, <laughs> I like, I hadn't done anything with my, I mean, I left weights, but there was no physical wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably took I was probably the first half of my senior season to really trust my shoulder. And I don't yeah. know if I really ever did. Um, so you change the way you wrestle, you change the way you practice, um, in a sense of, I probably practice with a lot of JV kids in the room just to preserve my shoulder. Bachman was really good at that. Um, so, but it was, uh, but yeah, that was probably the thing that was probably in my mindset going into my senior season, I wanted to be the win leader. And I wanted to be a four-time conference champion. At that point, I've already got three. Mm-hmm. Be disappointed not to win the fourth. Yeah. So, and then I wanted to be a state champ. But you know, at that point, you're probably pretty happy with the medal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, wow. um, I didn't realize you tore your shoulder, and then, yeah, how long? So, you said you didn't really trust yourself. Not really. I think much of the that whole year with your shoulder. No, I mean it was. I mean, yeah. Um, and the amount of work to go through to fix it once, you don't want to fix it twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was, uh, it was interesting. So I like, I don't know, I look back a while back. I didn't win a tournament the first half of my senior season. 
Wow. I started at 160 because again, I went to state the year before and was worried about my weight at 52. Mm-hmm. And I told Bachman, I said, I'm not going to cut any weight this year. I'm going to wrestle 160. Now I'm just going to, I'll be happy. Yeah. And it was probably the week of the Starmont tournament. So the week before the break mm-hmm. and Bachman sat me down after practice and said, Hey, I really think you should go to 52. I said, why? Yeah. And he says, well, I think we'll be a better team with you at 52. And so I said, Al Reichs was sitting there and I remember vividly Al Reichs sitting there and he, I look up at Al and Al says, whatever you want to do, but I think you can do it. What the Bachman said, all right, when do you want me there? Wow. We had a meet on Friday night in Independence. And this must have been Tuesday night. This is Monday or Tuesday. So I had to make scratch weight for 152 on Friday night mm-hmm. and then turn around for the Starmont tar- tournament. We'd get a pound. So then I could make 53. <laughs> and then I'd have two pounds after Christmas. So I only had to make scratch weight once. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I was probably glad. I was glad I did it. Um, I felt like I probably wrestled better at 52. Um, how tough was that? Like, cause what were you walking around there? What were you weighing? Probably 64, 65. I mean, it wasn't bad personally. Like when I would go to practice, it was nothing for me to lose five pounds in practice. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a problem losing weight for mm-hmm. the most part. I mean, it's just watching my, watching what I eat. Um, it was easier to make 52 my senior year than it was my junior year. Really? Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but, um, so, so yeah, I was glad I did. Um, probably, uh, I mean, it was definitely better for the team. I think we, we did better. Um, I performed better, so I was happy with it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that wasn't a little more of a grind because, um, you know, you're growing. I don't know yeah. if you were still growing at that time and you were already lean. It's not like you were, it's not like you had just 15 pounds laying around to lose. I mean, you... the most, and honestly, probably the most weights I ever lifted was from my junior to senior year, you know, from right. realizing what happened to my shoulder, mm-hmm. um, whether it was anything I could do. And a lot of it wasn't heavyweight, but I was probably stronger in just using finer muscles. Um, mm-hmm. So it was interesting in that. Mm-hmm. So, but that was probably a lot of it, you know, it was just routines. A lot of it was, you know, we, yeah. I was accustomed to running every morning. You know, we'd run every morning from the time I was a freshman. We would, if it was winter, we, if it felt too cold out, we'd go up to school and we'd run the halls. Yep. Um, you know, it's a lot of two and three mile runs in them hallways. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was it? Uh, is it 10, 10 laps or so is about a mile. Yeah. Yeah, 10 laps is a mile. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, then your senior year, you know, you make the cut. You have, do you have success then the second half of the season? Did you start to really, yeah. go, get in, you know, go into your zone? Yeah, I would say so. I think uh, that was probably the best thing I did was cutting down there. Um, Steve slotted into 60 then, right? Yep. He came down to 60. And then I think it was Daryl Whitney went to 171, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I think as a group, we were going to be stronger at 52 and 60 that way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, so it was good. Um, and Eggers would have been at 40. Hit 40. I might have been at 45. 45. Yeah. 45. So, so, I mean, it was good. We had a good, solid crew there. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, would have been uh, my senior year when we went to conference and we won the conference, but it wasn't necessarily just the guys that won the conference titles. It was the guys that came back, you know, Tyler Thompson came back on the backside winning his matches. Mm -hmm. Like, those guys played more of a part winning those titles than, than I did in my mind, mm-hmm. because without them, we weren't going to win. Um, yeah. So it was, uh, that was pretty cool to see and see them have that success too. Um, yeah. So, but I think it was my senior year. So I pinned all of my guys in the finals at conference, Yeah. <laughs> freshman, sophomore and junior year. And then my senior year, I won it one to nothing. Who'd you wrestle? Do you remember? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, Nick or Nick or Ausch, I think, from Turkey Valley. One to nothing. Yeah, yeah, one to nothing. <laughs> I could not believe it. Yeah. <laughs> How cool was that? Then you know you finally achieved a goal of yours. Yeah. I mean, a four-time conference champ that. That was special. For sure. Um, that was special. Um, you know, and in the moment, you're not really, I mean, you realize what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a weight lifted off. Mm-hmm. But the biggest weight was still coming. You know, you're still looking forward to those next three weeks. Um, but it was, uh, you know, we had a lot of good people in the room. Those two years from when I would have been a junior to senior, you know, we had, you know, Bachman was running. He had Al Reichs, Tim Hayhall, um, Rick Samuelson was there. Oh, um, yes, Rick. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, we were fortunate to have good people and they kind of kept you in check and made sure your mindset was right. Um, so it was, uh, it was special. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you realize at the time how special your team was? Quite possibly, like you look back, and it quite possibly was that senior year, maybe arguably the best team MFL has ever had. Could yeah, you know, I think we realized we had a solid team. Um, probably, probably didn't realize it at the time. No, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all knew if we went out and did what we were capable of doing and what we trained to do, that everything would work out that way, but. Man, all the pieces have to fall the right way. True, true. And just like at state, you know, sometimes the pieces have to fall the right way. And did you feel extra pressure going into state that year? Or did you feel or or was it the opposite where you're like, hey, that's my last shot. Let's let her fly, I guess. Um, trying to remember. Was it uh, first round of districts my senior year? I was wrestling a kid from Osage. And he threw me in a headlock to my back in the first period. <laughs> and I laid on my back for, I felt like two minutes, but it might've only been a minute. So I got done, I got off my back 
at the end of the period and I'm losing five to nothing. I look over at the corner, you know, Bachman was sitting there. He's like, he didn't know what to think. And right. Al Rikes is sitting there pointing at his head, telling me to think, think it through. And Rex Amison standing in the background and he just kind of smiling. And I'm like, well, I shook it out and went back to work. And by the end of the second period, I was tied five to five. And then I, I ended up throwing him to his back. So I ended up winning 10 to five. And so like, wow, for me at that point, I'm like, Poof. it was almost over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, but so then that was, would have been the OSH kid. I don't remember who I wrestled in the finals that round. Um, but yeah, when you went to state that year, it was the, the thought process was we we're here. We should be able to do something. You know, and um, I don't ever feel like I went out on the mat thinking I couldn't win. Um, not anybody I wrestled. My dad always told me everybody's beatable any given day. You know, but it's the takedowns was where it was at. If you could take them down, you could win. Um, you know, so that was probably the biggest thing. Probably sometimes almost too confident in something. Not not overconfident, but just confident in your ability um so i would say my senior year that's probably what i felt i mean i felt like i deserved to be there and should do well but um yeah it was interesting i think i won my first one that year at state and i trying to remember if i lost my second one um he must have won my first one and lost my second one. And that was probably the one that took the most out of me, you know, because at that point you realize there's no state championship. Yeah. And you got to come back on the backside. And then I think I won that match, the next match. And then I lost the next two and ended up with eighth. But, um, you know, at that point, you know, you're not happy at eighth, but, it wasn't going to change anything at that point. I, was, I mean, it, I had prepared as the best I could. And that's probably the thing I look back on. It, it's like, I wouldn't change anything because I felt like we did all the right things day in and day out. Um, so I was disappointed, but yet satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wished I could have won my last match. That's probably my only regret. Yeah. So always thought that special at least i've always yeah. admired the guys that could go out whether they were you know especially the guys that were at sectionals districts and they're wrestling for third as their senior and you know that they win that last match even though they know they can look across the mat they know they're not getting wrestled back this is it you know so that i've always admired that for sure what about after you lose your second match at state i mean did you ever did any doubt creep in like here we go again you know i, I mean the, the third time in a row here where winner go home yeah you know i don't think so i you go down and, and this was when it's still in the barn so you went down in the basement mm-hmm. and you know, just regrouped and next guy up and it happens quick you know you like you lose that match you're wrestling again in an hour and that guy's coming off a win 
Right. And I've always felt those have been the toughest matches because that guy's coming off a win. He just watched everything he got. So if they're ready for you. I don't even know the guy's name, but I probably wrestled better when I didn't know anything about these kids. Um, it was, I always felt like if I wrestled my match to the best of my ability, that was where I was going to do best. Mm-hmm. If I knew this guy's got a great single leg takedown, for whatever reason, your mindset just sits and waits for that single leg takedown. Yeah. <laughs> Next <laughs> thing you know, you're taken down, you're down two to nothing. So that's probably the one thing that I was never great at. A lot of kids are awesome at scouting their kids and seeing what they need to do and how to adjust. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, how proud were you then when you got that win to place to even put yourself just to get in the contention for a medal? Like now you have a medal. It just depends on how high. I mean, you know, that was huge. That was huge for me. I knew I had a medal. Um, and I also knew by doing that, you know, you just put the team in a spot to where you've got more guys placing. Mm-hmm. Um, the ability to climb up the team race was big, you know. Yeah. The best we had finished was fifth as a team prior to that. Um, you know, we always wanted that trophy. We could have finished top three, you know. Yeah. So so that was probably the thing, you know, you actually feel like you're doing your part to win matches. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was, that was a huge weight lifted off just to be able to come down and actually go home with a medal. Um, and I think that was probably one thing, like you come off the mat after that match and you're so excited and pumped up because you know, you're not going home for once mm-hmm. and you got a medal, you're coming home with something. Um, so that was probably cool. Yeah. And I remember, I remember being in the stands and, you know, obviously cheering for the other guys that were there, Travis and Steven and Kyle. But like, I think I was more excited when you won that match than I think I was, I mean, watching Travis win was, you know, obviously pretty awesome, but yeah, knowing that you had been there twice before, this was your third time. Like, you, like, I, th- I feel like everybody, every fan was like come on like everyone was so happy and proud that you were able to get a medal absolutely yeah. i could see that yeah that's pretty cool to hear because i don't think about i never really thought about that part of it mm-hmm. um you know like you just don't realize how much everybody else wants it for you yeah you know? exactly um yeah that's pretty cool because mm-hmm. like you know we we could we could tell the heartbreak that you had the last couple of years, you know, yeah. like we, we watched, we went there, we were with your family, like in the stands and just could sort of feel the, um, what do you want to say? Like just the anguish or whatever. Oh, you yep, know, to see you get over the hump. It was like, I yeah. was really proud, you know what I'm saying? So that's cool to hear. I appreciate that. And it's, it's interesting. Cause like you hit the nail on the head. We were a team number one, but above all, we were family. I mean, it was, that's the cool thing about these teams. Um, And even today, just that wrestling community, when I have people that I talk to daily and, you know, they're wrestling, they remember wrestling matches and they tell you about matches, um, that wrestling community is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and then, you know, bittersweet because you got beat. 
you know, and we didn't get a medal or a, a team trophy, you know, yeah. something that I still think eats at chat and eats at almost everybody, you know, yep. but gosh, yep. it was fun. And I, I, like you said, I I don't think anyone would trade it for anything. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Um, fourth place. I, finish, like, yeah. Yeah. Fourth ever, place. That's what I said, best team probably arguably ever. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, you probably, and, and you know, as we went through the season, we didn't realize all of the accomplishments that we're going through. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it was, um, I broke the pin record and I think it was like th- two weeks later, one of the managers says, Hey, did you know you broke the pin record? <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't even know there was one. <laughs> um, so yeah, you, you get um you get your medal you're on that stand you're in the grand march you know how special was the grand march to be something you know that was watched all the time and was like man that'd be so cool to be there and i'm sure you did the same thing that was cool because you know you just get done competing with all of these guys against these guys and in that bracket that year you had aaron jansen wow and fornis was in there and those two both got beat yeah by uh, a kid from Minneapolis I think they won Jansen ended up breaking his ankle against yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I'm if I'm not that. mistaken yeah and so like that. it was interesting because I think everybody probably had those two picked to be in the finals mm-hmm. you know so um it was really interesting to see like everybody talking to each other and just the goosebumps feeling as you walk through and the, the music's going. Like that is a dream come true. Yeah. Did you ever give any thought to wrestling in college? You know, probably no, not really. I mean, really? I did. Um, we went, I went with uh, University of Dubuque at that time. McGovern was there. I think yeah. he had invited us down to wrestle at practice one time and just kind of a recruiting trip and I went down and, you know, I enjoyed it, but I didn't think I was, I don't know if I didn't think I was good enough, probably. Um, my shoulder, I don't know if my shoulder at that time, I'm sure that all played a part in it, but probably didn't think about it too much. When I was younger, I did. Um, but not, not as much. So yeah, at that time, you know, you had, you broke your leg you had the shoulder injury, you know, you were probably beat up. It just all the hours and time that you put in it, it also could have been just like, you know what? Um, let's just ride off into the sunset sort of deal, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, it was, uh, it was probably for me, it was a relief to get through my senior year. Yeah. So, but yeah, I probably, probably didn't give it as much thought as I should have. Yeah. So, but yeah, a couple a couple things here. Do you remember Dan Anderson? Did he bring his fifth place medal in one year? I think like, so. Yeah. Yeah, probably my that might have been my freshman year, maybe. Yeah. But maybe. Yeah. Do you remember him bringing that the medal in? Yeah. I try to remember. <laughs> I don't know if I do. Yeah. If it have been my freshman year or not. That sound. I feel like that sounds right because that would have been, you know, he would have been on the coaching staff. 
Yeah. I think that would have been at that around that time. I remember it was probably would have been our sophomore year. Yeah. And the rankings had just came out and there was a bunch of us that were rated and somebody put a, a Des Moines register from 19. I don't know what year it was. It was year Bachman was rated number one. And he was yeah. on the front page of the Des Moines register. He put it on the front door and nobody knew who did it. Wow. None of the wrestlers did. <laughs> you walk into practice and the note above it says, don't let this happen to you. Wow. And it was, it was, so I think that would have been 92 because Chet graduated the year I was born. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. He was so I'm assuming he was ranked number one at that time. Yeah. Um, so somebody you know, like, posted the ranking and said, don't let this happen to you. Yep. Yeah. Rated number one. It was a picture of Bachman and the Des Moines register had him number one seed go down or number one rated Chet Bachman goes down first round. Oh. And like, for me, I walked up, I saw it. I was like, ah, that hurts. That hurts. And like wow. to know Bachman, when he walked to the door, that pain was still there. You know? Wow. Who did, do you know, do you know who did that or ever find out who did that? I never did. No. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I remember uh, somebody did that to Steve. I thought where, they took a picture of he always got beat by some kid from Wapsy. You know, oh, like John Clash. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And somebody like I don't know if he was on the Des Moines register or something at state, and somebody printed off a picture of it. And I thought they like posted it around the yeah. Stony Creek. <laughs> and he <Steve> was kind <laughs> of mad. <laughs> yeah. John Clash. Yes. Yeah. Good memory. Cause he was always he would always like be beating him and then he'd just get pinned. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, um, and then, do you remember? I know I texted you about this. Do you remember wrestling Borschel? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So Good that would have been. Was that my junior? Would have been my junior year. I don't remember. What What weight did he win his fourth title at? I thought he was at. I don't remember if he was at seventy one or. Or sixty or so something. It must have been my junior year then. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That yeah, it must have been my junior year. And it was interesting because, like, did you know who he was? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He was a two-time. Yeah, I knew I had two-time state champ. And the bad thing—I don't know if bad. The bad thing is, I thought I could beat him. I'd never hey, seen him yeah. before. Yeah. I remember after weigh-ins, I—I I don't know if I said it though dad or who it was I, I just remember saying it. i said i think i can beat him you know the first period started out it was kind of a flurry as soon as he got me down he tied up my arms and it was over it was bar arm after bar arm, and it was over that was that was before i had shoulder troubles <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I remember i don't remember it but i remember um like my brother remembers it, and he said he remembers watching, you know, because you were Paul Fisk. Like, we remember you growing up being like, man, Paul Fisk is like the standard. And then we saw some guy just. He just uh, destroyed me. Yeah. And we were like, who is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. He tech followed me, I think, maybe second period. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, I couldn't believe it. I was, yeah. I walked off the mat. I almost, I mean, I wasn't, I almost had a dis. I'm as disappointed, but like, mm-hmm. what do you do? 
Right. I was, I was almost laughing. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> and I think I remember, I think that's what my brother says was that he saw you sort of at one point, like kind of like almost look like, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I said, we looked up to you and we were like, man, someone doing that to Paul. I, holy, who is this guy? And lo and behold, Jay Borshaw. <laughs> yeah. 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 I knew who he was and I knew I had to wrestle. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's like probably the, you know, you'd have matches like that. You'd have, I remember, I think it was my freshman year at the Valley tournament. I got beat by Dylan Kelbig from uh, Nashville Plainfield. Mm-hmm. Of course he was a hammer. And maybe it was my sophomore, it might have been sophomore year, must have been sophomore year. Cause then my junior year, we come back and we're weighing in. Bachman comes into the, to the weigh in line and he says, Hey, I thought you said Calvin graduated. I said, He did, didn't he? I said, No. I said, What weight is he? He says, Yours. <laughs> 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 you know, but I just remember he was, he was just strong. Mm-hmm. Couldn't do nothing with him. There was like maybe five four or something like that. He beat you that year too. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, Borschel, he was he was an animal. Like, and that's probably like you know you realize you're like that year you would have had Borschel, Dan Leclaire, and Ryan Morningstar, and they were mm-hmm. all about the same weights. Right. You know. Um, I think Morningstar and Leclerc, they might've been like 140 or something like that, that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's probably when you realize when you wrestle him, you're like, wow, these guys are really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I doubt he knew who I was. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, you know, huh? I don't I know. Doubt it. <laughs> well, cause at that time, I think Stryker would have been the head coach. At that still at that, you know, he's still there now, but you know, I bet yeah. Doug's from Starmont, so I'm sure yeah. he Yeah. Probably was aware yeah. of the MFL kids, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that, you know, earlier you said the wrestling community is, you know, kind of a tight knit and also small community at times, it feels you married somebody from the, yes. The, yes. the wrestling community. How'd you meet? How'd you meet your wife? Um, so it's probably oh seven, I think it was. I moved to I moved to Cresco, mm-hmm. and uh, then just met her. Met her. At, I saw her at a wedding one night. She was at my mm-hmm. brother's wedding, actually. And uh, Phil's or yep, Phil's. Yeah. Yep. She was there with with her brother, and then I ran into her another night and that's kind of how it all started. <laughs> what yeah. were they doing at the wedding? Uh, so they're just friends with, uh, my own or Phil's in-laws at that time. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. They were classmates. So yeah, so it was interesting, you know, what? you know, for, for MFL, um, anytime you wrestled in the Northeast Iowa conference, it was a big deal. And Bachman mm-hmm. always tried to get you up for these matches. And it was, uh, even in practice, it was, you got to beat the Osage. You got to beat the Cresco. So like they were a standard yeah. for us, you know? So like that was always a big deal. Um, so yeah. So then, but like working in Cresco, like I've been coming to Cresco on Saturdays and Sundays, you know, for, for years, mm-hmm. 
like I was always aware of who people were in Cresco and whatnot. So it was interesting. Um, but yeah, so then met Afton and so Afton Burke at that time. And then so Tanner and Ty were been brothers. And mm-hmm. so it was, uh, it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you get asked, um, to hang, to help out with, with Tanner? Yeah. So he runs, Tanner, he runs, Tanner runs, uh, yep. He runs a youth wrestling club. He's mm-hmm. the president. So, um, I don't know. It was probably four or five years ago. Um, he asked me to help him coach. So we help coach and which is really interesting when you talk about the tight knit wrestling family, you got in the youth program, we do uh, pre-K through second grade. And so Justin Sovereign and Greg Merrick and myself <laughs> all coached that, that age group. And so, um, it's pretty cool to see how people are so willing to give back. Um, for me, I, I started helping because I remember what a positive experience wrestling was in my life mm-hmm. from going to practice when I was preschool all the way through. And, but a lot of that was a credit to the people that were behind it, um, willing to put the time in, take time out of their day life, um, you know, from your parents, even from when they when, when Chet came back and they started that bulldog bullpup wrestling club, you know, I think when they really kicked it off was when I, I think I was in seventh grade. So I was out of it, but like, I still wanted to participate in that at that point because it was, it was something I felt was important, you know, and Dale Eckert being willing to go wrestle anytime he called him. Like I, I knew I was lucky. Not everybody had that. Um, the people around to help them with it. So I was lucky that people were willing to put the time into me mm-hmm. even when they didn't have it. So, but yeah, so I'm, I help out with the Cresco youth wrestling club. Um, so it's, uh, it's a good program. So mm-hmm. a lot of good kids. So, yeah. And are you on the Cresco board too? Yep. Yep. So, so yeah, there's um, a good handful of them. There's probably must be like, six, seven of them mm-hmm. on the board. Um, I got a good group of people. So yeah. they all love wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever think you would kind of get back into it or, or, you know, when you stepped away from it, did you think that was going to be, you know, probably it? You know, I probably always wanted to, um, yeah. you know, and I think is, um, yeah, I probably always wanted to. Yeah. Just didn't know how to get back. Probably didn't know how to get back into it. You know, you know, first you probably step away because you needed some time and heal and not necessarily your body, just heal your pride, your pain. <laughs> yeah. In that sense. So, so that was probably a lot of it. Yeah. But yeah, I always look forward to getting back into it. Um, you know, like I say, especially for what it's given me. And there's a lot of kids out there that um, it's not necessarily that they're the best wrestlers, but it's, if we can keep the kids that are going to win 20% of their matches in high school, because those kids are just as important. Um, so keeping those numbers up are big. Um, the wrestling club here does a great job of numbers. Like they're, I don't know, I think last year was over 20% of the enrollment in Cresco were rest, out for wrestling last year. Oh. So that's uh, pretty impressive when they, they get yeah. into it. 
yeah, that's probably why you need three coaches. <laughs> yeah, and that's so that's yeah, that's just for uh, pre-K through second. Wow. And, uh, um, Tanner Burke does the third through sixth. So so yeah, it's a lot of good people. Mm-hmm. So when you look back on your career, do you look back on it fondly? You know, I know it can be difficult at times when you don't achieve the goals and standards that you set for yourself and, you know, to look back and look on it a little more bitterly than, than he yeah. should, but are you able to look back and, and see what you accomplished and the standard you set in motion pretty much? Yeah, I, I probably have, I look back, I enjoyed every part of it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, from the relationships you create, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it was a positive experience. It's special to be able to share those memories, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's you probably don't realize it. And like you say, the standard you set, you know, I always feel I was probably a small piece of that. Um, fortunate to be, you know, it takes the people around you to do that as well. Um, you know, like having the, the group of guys there, uh, that made a difference. So one, yeah, it was a big deal. One guy couldn't do it all for mm-hmm. sure. So, you know, having Travis and Steve and those guys around like, and, you know, it's, that was all part of it. Mm-hmm. So we were lucky and good leadership. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, we were lucky to have a family like you, like yours, you know, in Monona, like and it, you look back and yeah, I know you were a small piece of it, but like you said, your family was big. And so you remove from in a small town, you know, if you removed that family, I mean, I don't don't know. I don't know what it would have looked like or what it would look like today. But to have the support of a family like yours, I think, meant a lot at the time, you know, has played a role into where the program is today. In my opinion. Well, that's cool. We and we were fortunate to be part of it. We enjoyed it. Um, loved it. So it was, uh, something I always look forward to. So made a difference. Yeah. I'd say, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and it's still, I mean, the work ethic, that part of it, it all comes, you know, that was a small part of the, it paid off in wrestling, but it's paying off in life probably more so than anything for, for myself. You know, it's, you know, they, it makes everything a little easier, I guess you'd say. You know, you yeah. teaches you how to work with people or r- relate to different situations. So, so we've been lucky. Yeah. And so, so, um, so you're you manage the Decora store. Yep. Who manages the Cresco store? So Janelle and Phil are in Cresco. Okay. I think and then uh, and Peter then- and Laura are in Monona. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. So, yep, and we've got a good group of people. It takes uh, it takes a good team. So I got a, a good team of people around each one of us. So yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and I guess I never really asked. So you have a sister? Just just one sister? Two sisters. I got Janelle and then Laura. Yeah, and what are they up to? They're both in the store. Janelle's in Cresco, mm-hmm. and Phil's in or Laura's in Monona. So mm-hmm. yeah, Laura lives in Alcatraz. And Janelle lives in Grasco here. Yeah. So did they did they ever feel sort of in the shadow of you boys? 
Yeah, I don't know. You know, they were uh, they were big into cheerleading mm-hmm. at the time. I think Laura was a cheerleader and manager. Janelle was a basketball cheerleader and a football cheerleader. Mm-hmm. So, no, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think they enjoyed it, you know, and their kids were young at that time when we were going through school. So, mm-hmm. um, so like it was an exciting time for us. It was something to, um, something to get out there and see and do. So I think they were, they were probably proud of it too. Yeah. yeah Cause are they, are they the oldest? Yep. Jill and Laura. Yep. <laughs> and then Phil and then Peter Patrick and myself. Yeah. Gotcha. Jesus. So, yeah. <laughs> I bet the household was exciting at times. There's always something going on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, hey, I I appreciate you doing this. You know, I know yeah. you think that, uh, you know, who am I? I'm Paul Fisk. But um, that's why I do this is uh, to shine light on people who have done a lot for the sport. And, uh, you know, I think you did a lot for the program. Your family did, you did. And like I said, you were someone that I looked up to and I'm sure my brother looked up to and everyone in my era saw the standard that you guys set. And, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for you and and your family, I don't know where the program would be. So I'm just grateful and I'm sure everyone is, you know? Yeah. I appreciate that. You're doing a great job with this. You know, I see your, your your podcast come out and it's really cool to listen to the different guests that you've got. Um, everybody's story is a little different. So it's pretty great. Right. Yeah. See, and that's why I wanted to have you on, you know, like your story is a little different. And and I I know some stories, some of the stories, you know, because I was involved in the program, but yeah. there are other things I don't know about you and, and what you went through. And so, yeah. um, and I, I think people are going to, I think people are going to like this one, you know, because do you, do you talk to many people back from Monona? Like, um, not a lot. No, you know, every once in a while I'll see somebody, um, yeah. we spend, uh, not a ton. It's really yeah. interesting. You know, like you see the different phases of life, you know, where right. we live in Cresco, I work in Decorah. And since I started working in Decorah, you know, you start seeing more people from Monona. Yeah. Um, you know, where they come in the store or see them. And, um, so they, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's always fun to catch up yeah, uh, and see what's going on. Um, but like, it's also interesting, like, you know, with our wrestling club and you see the board that we have and how diverse it is and you got all these Cresco guys and you got Greg Merritt from Turkey Valley and myself from MFL, yeah. but like at the core of it, we all have memories. We all have matches. we we probably all wrestled each other at different times, <laughs> yeah. but yet we're all in it for the love of wrestling mm-hmm. and wanting to see it succeed and provide an environment for the kids that they can enjoy it and take it through their ranks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah. I feel like Andrew Berkeley for a while lived in decor. I don't know if you ever saw him. Yep. Yeah. So Andrew and Brent, Brent Fermonic lives in decor. Right, yeah. Yes. Yep. Brent's still, okay. So he still lives there. Still there. Yep. Andrew moved away, but Brent's mm-hmm. still there. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting to see them and get catch up and see what's going on. Yeah. See if they need help finding a, a weed whacker or something. I don't know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> um, a couple of things here. Um, a walkout song. So, you know, if you have one, 
or one that you would like me to play for you as I introduce you, you know, um, I can touch base with you when I'm going to release the episode. If you need some time to think, I'll have to figure that one out. (laughs) And then, uh, uh, a picture for social media, one that you feel comfortable being posted on social media. It can be of you wrestling, you and your family, okay. just whatever you want it to be, you know, okay. just as long as you're comfortable with it being, you know, on Facebook and Instagram yep. and Twitter. So sounds good. Yeah. Anything else you want to know? <laughs> I'm sure there is, but not, not at this time, but um, okay. yeah. What was your grocery bill? I guess that's one question I don't have here. When you were growing up, what was your grocery bill? I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm sure it was big. I'm sure um, it was big. Did your I guess did your family, did anyone above you wrestle? Like um like parents, grandparents, uncles? My dad played hockey. Oh really? Um, when he, yeah, when he was in high school. He he graduated from uh, um Andrew Moorhead area. And so he played hockey, but no wrestling. Um, would have probably been my, my cousin, Mike Johannemeyer was the, really? that's what got started. We're close families, you know? And right. so like, it was awesome when, when I to see him, when he had success with it. Mm-hmm. And so like, even when I was a sophomore, he'd come over and wrestle with us. Oh, really? Yeah. And like, it was, it was really cool. Wrestle with the, you or like you and Peter and Pat. Yep. He'd come to practice. And he'd come wrestle and practice and um, go live wrestling. And like today, I look at him like, gosh, how these guys keep up at that. I mean, because, you know, if he was, I don't know if he had been 30 years old at that time, but like step back into high school and wrestle a match, that's that's intense. (laughs) Coaches always used to say, I got 30 seconds. That's it. (laughs) How much do you think you have right now? Do you have 30 seconds, you think? Yeah, I could go. Yeah. I could go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I think that's, that was probably, that's probably what really sparked it. And then yeah. having people in your life like Al Reichs and Dale Ecker, like that just, that kept alive. You know, you think back, like Dale used to start practice in like October. Like it was not out of line for us to be, he'd give us Halloween candy for after practice. <laughs> because it was Halloween night, but it was Tuesday or Thursday, so you got to wrestle. Yeah. Like, you know, that was a long season from October to at that time state was March, April. Yeah. So it got to be a long season, but um they did a good job of keeping it fun. Yeah. And keeping everybody tuned in. So so yeah, we're we were lucky to have good people like that around. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Special thanks to my guest, Paul Fisk, for taking the time to sit down and chat with me. Cover art created and designed by Kristen Gill. Please feel free to rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. You can also check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and my brand new Facebook page to hear more of my content. Don't forget to check out my website at letstalkwrestlingpodcast.my.canva.site. And as always, be sure to tune in to hear the next guest of the Let's Talk Wrestling podcast. Take care. See you next time.